Without personal application of Scripture, we will each fail to experience life transformation as God designed. For this reason, we should make it our aim to learn to study the Bible for the purpose of putting its principles into practice. In this episode, Carla teaches us what it looks like to apply biblical truth in our daily lives. Applying biblical truth is simply taking God's Word to heart by putting it into practice in our daily lives. The Bible is God's tool, and application is His means to obedience. That may seem obvious, but consider this. How often do you finish reading God's Word focused on practicing the truth you just read? Or when is the last time you left a group Bible study or church service where those around you were discussing what they were going to do with the truth they just heard? You see, if we're not careful, we can continue to gain more and more Bible knowledge without ever putting the knowledge we've already received into practice. Or, we may pick and choose what truth we apply based on our personal perspective. Which reminds me of some of the college students I've had in my life. Students whose study habits depended on the type of class they were taking. For instance, if they thought the information they were learning in a class was something they would never use, they would study merely to get a passing grade. But, If they believed what they were being taught would be useful to them now or in the future, they would pay more attention and study harder to retain the information and its practical applications. The truth is, God doesn't ask us to pick and choose what we think is useful. God's Word contains application for all things, and God's Word promises to be relevant and useful for application in our lives now and in the future. That means that instead of merely making the Bible a course of study, God makes daily life the classroom. He continually reveals His truth and life application in the moments of our day, so we can walk in the assurance and confidence it provides. Are you recognizing the distinct difference between merely studying the Bible and studying the Bible for the purpose of applying it? Jesus instructs His followers to act on the truth He has given to them. In other words, we are to put God's Word into practice by actually doing something with it. In John 15, 14, Jesus told His followers, You are my friends if you do what I command. In Luke eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus said, Those who hear and obey the Word of God will be blessed. James 1, 22-23 says, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves, Do what it says. Clearly, God wants each of us to become doers of His Word, people who consistently apply biblical principles in our daily lives. In fact, without application, we will fail to experience life transformation. So with these truths in mind, let's talk about some practical ways to study the Bible for application. First, I encourage you to choose a place to read or listen to God's Word that is free from distractions. We know that Jesus spent a lot of time with people, yet, according to Luke 5.16, He also intentionally spent time alone with God, set apart from the busyness of the day. We should follow His example. Then before you begin, place yourself in a teachable position. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand each truth 
and what it will look like to walk it out in your daily life. Now, this next part is very important, so please hear me. When you choose to apply God's Word, you are choosing to obey it. It's that simple. However, the enemy will strongly oppose those who put God's Word into practice. Think about it. If you're going to merely read God's Word without obeying it, you're not a real threat to the enemy. Be on guard. The enemy will do everything he can to distract you from applying truth. You, my friend, are on mission to live sold out in obedience to the Lord Jesus. That means that in addition to gaining understanding of what it will look like to practice truth in your daily life, it's also essential that you act in immediate obedience to the truth you're learning. After all, putting off obedience, procrastinating, or partially obeying God's Word is actually disobedience. And disobedience will not produce the results of spiritual maturity that you desire. So be aware that as you study scripture from a teachable position, there will be times when the Holy Spirit prompts you to think or act in a new way. When this happens, stop, pause to allow the Holy Spirit to fully reveal His will to you concerning a change in action or direction He wants you to take. Then, respond in obedience by immediately putting it into practice. Now, there are many different ways to study the Bible for application. I'm only going to cover some of them in this episode. You can find additional methods of applying truth by downloading this episode's application resource found on my website at carlamclaughlin.com. The first key to applying God's Word is learning to recognize application. In other words, what does God want me to do with the scripture I'm reading? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 can be helpful in teaching us to recognize application. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible is applicable for every situation. And when we choose to apply it, we become thoroughly equipped. Thoroughly equipped for every good work. That means that we lack nothing to achieve victory in all things. There are four words in verse 16 that are important links to applying truth. Let's read verse 16 again and take note of these words. It says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching. There's the first word, teaching. Some versions of Scripture use the word doctrine in place of teaching. Both words mean that Scripture is beneficial for learning truth, God's instructions for godly living. For example, when you read a verse, do you notice if the verse is teaching a specific truth? If so, what is the truth? Once you identify the truth, ask the Holy Spirit to show you practical ways to practice it in the moments of your day and then walk in obedience to what he shows you. Now let's go back to verse 16. The word following teaching is rebuking. Your Bible may use the word reproof. Scripture is valuable in exposing and rebuking us of sin. We want to become sensitive to Scripture that reflects a rebuke or criticism of our thoughts, motives, or actions. Then instead of taking the rebuke personally, we can ask the Lord to forgive us and help us to change. 
The next word in verse 16 is correcting. The Bible shows us ways to correct wrong thought patterns and behavior and how to set things right. In other words, it can show you what to do to exchange ungodliness for godliness. Then, in response, you can rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to enable you to obey. Look again at verse 16. The next word is training or instruction. As you study the Bible, there will be verses that point to specific skills and disciplines that, if practiced, will develop godly habits and righteous living. So let's take what we've learned about the subjects of teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, and put it into practice. Turn with me to Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Let's presume that we've already freed ourselves from any distractions, and we've asked the Lord to give us understanding of His Word and to show us what it will look like to walk in obedience to it. Looking together at Jonah 1.1, it says this, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now normally, this might be a verse that gets overlooked, because it doesn't appear to have much substance. But remember, God's word is applicable for all things. So keeping in mind the subjects of teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, let's consider what God might want us to take away from this verse. Well, it says that the Lord came personally to Jonah, son of Amittai. Could it be that God wants to teach us that he's a personal God? That in the same way he knew Jonah, he knows each of us as individuals? The verse also says that the Lord brought Jonah his word, showing that God wants to speak his truth into our lives. Do you recognize that God wants to use His Word to speak into your life? Do you desire to receive truth from His Word? This verse could teach us the value of God's Word or serve as reproof for those who have forgotten its importance. Perhaps God wants us to recognize that His Word was written to all of us and for each of us. There was only one son of Amittai named Jonah, and there is only one you, one unique you. God's Word will speak into your individual life and train you to live for Him if you let it. Wow, that's a lot of application from a single verse of Scripture. Let's now look at Jonah 1-2. It says, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. This verse could represent teaching and perhaps training. Here, God was teaching or instructing Jonah in what he wanted him to do. Perhaps we need to learn that God has specific works for each of us to do to further his kingdom. In this verse, God's directives were specific for Jonah to follow. Maybe God wants to teach us that he's a God of detail and that specific details that are important to him should be carefully followed. God was also training Jonah here. To represent him to the world. Could it be that God wants to train you to go out into the world on his behalf? This verse also shows that God wanted to train Jonah to trust him, because it was going to take faith and courage for Jonah to preach against wickedness. Is God wanting to train you to be increasingly courageous and bold in your witness to others? Are you recognizing the importance of slowing down when reading the Bible? to meditate on each truth, study its meaning, and consider its implications 
to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal personal application to you and to take the time to walk it out, integrating each truth into your way of life. In doing so, you will experience the freedom and victory in Christ Jesus in the moments throughout each day. When using this method of application or training others to do so, try not to get distracted or hung up if you can't decide if a verse represents teaching, rebuking, correcting, or training. These four subjects are just a means to get you to think about practical application. In training others, it's also important for them to understand that sometimes it's necessary to use more than one verse to determine the correct or more complete context in Scripture. We'll talk more about that later. For now, regardless of the method you use, remember that application of Scripture should always result in personal change. For this reason, I also encourage those I disciple to get in the habit of asking themselves this one simple question to consider personal application. The question is this, what difference should knowing this truth make in your life? This is a significant question, because as believers, we've been called to represent Jesus to the world, and our way of life should look vastly different from the world. When we genuinely ask ourselves what difference God's Word should make in our lives, we're actually considering what we need to do to look more like Jesus. Let's look at a couple of verses from Scripture to see how to put that question into practice. James 4.8 begins by saying this, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Think with me for a moment. What difference should this truth make in my life? Well, for me, knowing that God draws near to me when I draw near to Him should motivate me to pursue a deeper, abiding relationship with Him. Also, there have been times in my life when I've grown impatient, waiting on God to intervene in my circumstances. I now realize that He may have actually been waiting on me to draw closer in trust and dependence on Him. Let's practice this approach again using Psalm 62.6. It says, God alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. Now, let's consider what difference this truth should make in our lives. This verse reminds me that God alone is our source of security. The difference is that, unlike the world, we can hold fast to God instead of being shaken or moved by the circumstances of life. As you practice applying God's truth in your life, you will experience a difference. When discipling others, help them understand that we are each in various places in our spiritual journey. That means that God may use the same passage of Scripture to direct you in a different way than He is guiding them. Let me show you what I mean. Let's presume that I'm participating in a Bible study on ways to live a godly life when the speaker references Ephesians 4, 29-32, through which says this, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. If I were to poll the small group of people listening to the same scripture passage, 
the Holy Spirit could have pointed each of us to different areas of application for our lives. Perhaps one person needs to learn to guard their mouth from using unwholesome talk, or another person needs to rid themselves of anger or bitterness. Maybe another person needs to be reminded to forgive people as God forgives. It can also be helpful to remind those you disciple that obedience to God is merely taking the next step in His direction. Teach them that as they listen to sermons or Bible studies, to notice that they may be presented with several examples of ways to apply biblical truth. But rather than become bogged down or overwhelmed, encourage them to ask the Lord to reveal to them just the next step of obedience He wants them to take, and then to begin putting that truth into practice. Let's talk about yet another way to apply biblical truth. I call this the method of personal identification. When I watch the news or read a human interest story, I'm sometimes moved by the people or circumstances involved. How can I be moved by a story involving people I don't even know? Well, I identify with the story. Maybe the people live in a community like mine or their family is similar to mine. Identifying with the choices made or the consequences suffered, it has an influence on me. In a similar way, we can identify personally with the stories in the Bible, and we can allow each story to influence our lives through application. Let's look at an example of this found in Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. Can you identify with the people in this story in a way that helps you apply truth in your own life? For example, do you practice hospitality by opening your home to others as Martha did? Are you looking for opportunities to spend with Jesus as Mary did, or are you distracted by the busyness of the day? Are your priorities focused on Christ rather than yourself? Do you choose to be worried and upset when you could be at peace in the presence of Jesus? These are only a few of the life lessons that could be learned from this story when we choose to slow down to identify practical ways to apply God's Word. It presents us with a clear choice to put potential applications into practice, resulting in obedience. I encourage you today to start identifying yourself more and more with Scripture to recognize application. I'm often asked about how to study and apply specific topics from the Bible, so we'll look at the method of topical study next. As I mentioned, people sometimes want to study a particular subject in Scripture to learn what God has to say about the subject. Since our goal is to become doers rather than just hearers of God's Word, it's essential that we transition from knowledge of a subject to application of it. This means that we should first study a subject to gain biblical knowledge then gain understanding of the subject in order to implement its principles. When studying a topic in Scripture, it can be helpful to ask questions that focus on knowledge, understanding, and eventually application. For example, 
Let's say that we're interested in the subject of forgiveness. Notice how the following questions start with Bible knowledge and end with personal application. What does the Bible say about the subject of forgiveness? What does it mean to be forgiven? What do I need to do to acquire forgiveness? What steps do I need to take to forgive others? In discipling others, show them how to practice progressing from merely having Bible knowledge of a particular subject to practical life application. Then, encourage them to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to help them implement change. Remind them that without application, there is no transformation. When researching topics of interest, it can be helpful to use a Bible concordance. A concordance is an alphabetical index of subjects in the Bible. Lots of modern Bibles include concordances. You can also find separately published concordances, Bible apps, software, and websites that provide more exhaustive word searches. Some include Hebrew and Greek lexicons. A concordance can definitely be valuable, but sometimes a topic is not specifically mentioned in Scripture. In those cases, I encourage you to examine Scripture from a broader perspective. So, for example, let's say that someone asks me what specific words the Bible considers to be profanity. Using a Bible concordance, I can find scripture references for the words profane and cursing. But after studying those references, I find that none of them pertain to specific words that would be considered profanity. So I broaden my search to include topics such as speech, words, and talk. And I then find verses that apply in both specific and broader ways. For example, Ephesians 4.29. It says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And Ephesians 5, 4, it teaches that we shouldn't use obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. What's interesting is that I learned that instead of merely drawing a line at profanity, we should be examining all our speech to make sure that it is pleasing to God. When you study the Bible for a subject content, you're going to find some verses to be very clear in their meaning and applications. For example, Philippians 2.14 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing. Pretty straightforward, right? If you want to apply this verse, you'll practice refraining from arguing and complaining. It doesn't mean that you will always agree on every issue or that you shouldn't voice genuine concerns. It does mean that you should communicate and discuss matters in ways that please the Lord. And even though we should always study Bible passages in their appropriate context, sometimes Scripture can be applied to more than one area of life. For example, 2 Corinthians 9.8, it says that God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. This promise is written in the context of giving and being able to give as God provides. But think about it. God's grace is abundantly sufficient. That means that we can apply this same verse by operating in God's grace in every area of our lives. Now, I mentioned earlier in this episode that when discipling others, it's important for them to understand that sometimes it's necessary to use more than one Bible verse to determine a correct or complete context. In other words, It may be necessary to consider several verses of a particular Bible passage to grasp the correct context and meaning of a word or phrase taken from that text. 
For example, in 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10, Paul wrote this, I also want women to dress modestly, with decency and propriety, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. If we were to read only verse 9, we might conclude that it's wrong for a woman to braid her hair or wear a strand of pearls, but that wouldn't reflect the correct context here. Paul wasn't finding fault with braided hair. He was talking here about worship. He was telling women that their lives should be adorned with deeds that glorify God from a heart that desires to worship Him. In discipling others, we need to help people understand that we are each responsible for accurately applying God's Word. That's why developing an abiding relationship in God's Word and prayer are essential. You know, I mentioned earlier the value of using a concordance. And as you delve deeper into the truths of God's Word, you may find it helpful to use other Bible-based resources as well, such as commentaries and handbooks. However, Bible resources should be checked for accuracy and integrity prior to using them. Train those you disciple to only choose resources that are well-recognized and proven accurate authorities in their use and explanation of Scripture. And, rather than quickly turning to study aids, train them to first choose to rely on the Holy Spirit to provide them with wisdom, insight, and personal application of Scripture. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Also, we should never assume that what someone else says is true, but study and learn biblical truth for ourselves. In Acts 17.11, Paul wrote this. He said the Bereans were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Paul didn't fault the Bereans for checking to see that what he was saying accurately reflected truth. He admired them for it. I want you to know that application of God's word is rarely quick or easy. It's an ongoing and steady process of trusting God's promises, practicing his principles, and obeying his instructions that results in life transformation. That's why each time we read or listen to God's Word, it should ultimately be for the purpose of application. Every day, God gives each of us opportunities to practice walking in His truth. And the more truth that's applied in your daily life, the greater and more thorough the transforming work. Where does this episode find you? Would you consider yourself to be merely a hearer of God's Word, or are you moving in a direction that takes God's Word to heart by practicing its principles? If it's not been your habit to consistently apply biblical truth in your life, this episode's application is filled with practical ways to do so. Remember, application of truth always results in life transformation. Following God's directives by faith reflects the lifestyle of a genuine disciple.